The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. I'm Gerald McFadden, President of Volunteers of America Southwest, and I bring you greetings from San Diego, California. I will be your host for the next hour, and I'm delighted to have joining me today Dr. Karen Trader-Lay, CEO of KTA Global Partners based in the Washington, D.C. area, Uh, Mr. Brandon Jackson, Vice President, Information and Technologies with College Board based in Reston, Virginia, and Dr. Cheryl White, Vice President of Training and Organizational Development with the Neighborhood House Association based in San Diego, California. Welcome, Dr. Lay, Mr. Jackson, and Dr. White. Thank you. Before we get started uh, with today's topic, Uh, which is creating an inspiring and high-performance culture for the next generation of leaders. Would each of you please tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself and the organization that you represent? Uh, Dr. Lay, I'll I'll start with you. Oh, sure. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, I uh, am an organization development and change management uh, consultant. And uh, I've had a, uh, a consulting practice for uh, probably about 22 years. My husband is also a business partner. He works in the nonprofit sector in, uh, in Sierra Leone. And um, I focus on uh, issues around related to leadership, uh, the diversity and inclusion. Uh, I'm also an executive coach and the issues around leading change. And very so, good. Thank uh, you very much, Dr. The- Lay. Uh, Mr. Jackson, uh, will you uh, introduce yourself, please? Uh, yes, my name is Brandon Jackson. I've been working in the information technology practice for over 30 years with both for-profit and non-profit organizations. Uh, I've most recently served as Vice President of Delivery Services for the College Board, uh, largely responsible for the development and support of all software solutions uh, for all products and services. I've been fortunate to have uh, the opportunity to lead and be a contributor to several leadership transformation efforts, and I believe leadership matters. Very good. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate uh, you being with us today. And Dr. White. Yes, I also appreciate your having me on today, Gerald, as well. I have the pleasure of serving as the Vice President of Training and Organization Development and as the General Manager of 
Innovisions, which is an external consulting arm for the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego, California. We are uh, pleased to serve about 25,000 families throughout, a, um, throughout San Diego uh, through a, a variety of uh, social service programs, 13 of them located at over 121 different locations throughout San Diego. So it's a pleasure to serve um, with the organization. Always a pleasure, Gerald, to work with you and to talk about this fabulous um, topic that I feel very strongly about, and that is leadership. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I invite each of you, our listening audience, to participate in our upcoming exciting conversation by either emailing your questions to us at Leadership Matters Questions at Innovisions.org or calling in at 1-866-472-5790. Okay, to my guest, transformational leadership has been defined as a change-oriented leadership style that is centered on partnership vision building that empowers others and which results in inspired goal-setting, expectation ownership, and higher-than-normal performance levels. Dr. Lay, I'd like to ask you, what does partnership building look like to you inside of an organization uh, or an operating unit within an organization, and does it really create ownership and higher-than-normal performance levels? Ooh, tough question. Okay, um, I think partnership uh, looks like a robust way of collaborating across organizations. Um, a lot of technologies uh, are intersecting um, to produce new innovation, and so people and relationships have to work across organization lines and across disciplines. And so this whole notion of partnership, um, I think helps to change organizational boundaries. And so it's, I think it's a very important aspect of leadership that leaders have to model those kinds of relationships so that it's like uh, not, you know, getting away from the notion of the rice bowl. This is my tariff, my, my, my domain, and you stay in yours. But that sort of the intersectionality, I think, uh, that partnership brings at all levels of the organization, I think that that's critical. Very good. Mr. Jackson, what are your thoughts about uh, the, uh, what partnership vision building looks like and whether it really does result in higher than normal performance levels and inspired goal setting? Well, I, I think it's true, and I think Dr. Lee uh, just knocked the ball out the park with uh, her comments on that. Um, when a vision uh, embodies a core ideology, you know, an envisioned future uh, that is put together, that is defined well, communicated well, managed well, and measured well. Uh, it's usually done well, and you see the results that you were referencing uh, at the start of the segment. Okay. 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 Dr. White, uh, what are your thoughts in, in terms of partnership, vision building, and its ability to empower and result in higher uh, than normal performance goals and expected uh, ownership? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I appreciate the input um, from, um, from both uh, Karen and Brandon on this. I think that when you talk about vision building, for me, it's 
creating that space where uh, people can come together and share their hopes. And um, after getting the information related to what it is you're envisioning, having yourself as the leader be able to reflect and integrate what you've heard. And, you know, one of the many quotes that I love from Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King was, a true leader is not a searcher of consensus, but a molder of consensus. So it's bringing that group together, hearing from them, integrating those hopes, and bringing it back um, in such a way. And I think going back to what Karen said about modeling, uh, with that clarity of after having obtained that vision, being able to really talk and walk the vision and enroll others in that vision. And, uh, you know, one of the other great leaders that I really appreciated having an opportunity to work with was Frank Belock when he was with the city of San Diego's water department many years ago. He used to always say a great communication plan is making sure they know, making sure they care. So as you enroll others in, being able to kind of lead the way, in words and action that's kind of consistent with that vision. And I think when we do that, when people can see their hopes integrated into a vision that's moving forward, then you absolutely uh, absolutely can tap into something that triggers that ownership, that gets that um, commitment that leads to more than compliance and performance. And I think the power and operative concept there is creating really ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, around a central focus or purpose uh, that engages people to achieve something that they feel is of value, not just that the leader feels of value, but that they feel uh, is equally of value. Uh, in, in one of our previous conversations, a reference was made regarding having the right leadership DNA in today's dynamic business climate. Uh, From your perspective, what is the right DNA for a successful and effective business leader today? And, Mr. Jackson, I'll ask you if if you would take that question first. Yeah, and there are probably um, several several ways to look at this depending on the circumstances. But for me, the things that I view as most important are confident humility. So in a leader, we definitely want someone who's confident um, when they stand before the, before the ranks, someone that can lead, uh, lead the organization, make decisions. But at the same time, we want someone who doesn't hide from their weaknesses but find ways to complement them. Uh, in addition to that, I think will is important. So to be seen as a creditable contributor that adds value by the organization, I think, is also extremely important. Mm-hmm. And lastly, uh, being a continuous learner that can lead as a learner. So mm-hmm. to create an environment that makes uh, learning through dialogue a priority, I think, is vitally important as an effective leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- D- Dr. White, uh, do you have anything to add to that uh, yeah, you know, I think um, in today's world, um, I think kind of going back to your first question, I think that quality of vision is real important. Um, quality character is certainly a, um important piece with regards to just being able to position oneself to be a leader that others will 
um, trust and commit to. I think mastering of all the roles that we've talked about, you know, it used to be that you had individual contributors, managers, coaches, da-da-da-da. And I think that today's leader has to be able to master each of those roles where they are the player and can do those things that they have to do, where they are the manager and can, du- can direct um, the way things need to be directed, put the structures in places. At the same time, they need to be able to put on the coach hat and ask the questions that develop the strategic and critical thinking in others, and then also take on that leadership hat so that they can inspire and build trust and navigate and be nimble with regards to each of those roles as they go about developing relationships. So I see the um, the adaptability, the flexibility, and wearing the hats and um, always uh, getting and gaining and moving forward with some sharpened vision being important qualities for today's leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dr. Lay, um, do you have some thoughts yeah, that you would like to share sure. with us on There's that? There's a lot that's... to add because they've been pretty comprehensive there uh, in terms of a lot of the, the things that they, that they have articulated. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly being a, a relationship builder, having a great deal of self-awareness to know how your actions impact others, uh, a deeper understanding of their own action logics and the recognition of when they need to change those, their ability to be agile and, and, and you know, discern patterns of, uh, recognize patterns which things are shifting and changing that they need to, um, to respond to in the, in, in the environment. So uh, today's environment, and maybe someone's already said it, nimbleness uh, um, um, and agility, uh, I think those, the, the complexity and the way things change fast, they need to be able to lead and move their organizations in different directions and bring people along with them in that process. Very good. Can, can we take just a second and pause? Uh, we're going to need to take a short break. Uh, when we return, uh, Dr. Lay, Mr. Jackson, and Dr. White will talk with us more about this issue of uh, building leadership character inside of organizations, and we're going to build on the conversation of the key elements associated with improving organizational and personal effectiveness. Please stay tuned. I'll be right back with you with more Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it 
so you can make the right decision every single time. Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more Leadership Matters. I'm Gerald McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego, California. With me today is a special guest, Dr. Karen Trader-Lay, CEO of KTA Global Partners, Mr. Brandon Jackson, Vice President of Information and Technologies with the College Board, and Dr. Cheryl White, Vice President of Training and Organizational Development with the Neighborhood House Association. Just prior to the break, we were exploring the discussion around leadership DNA. And I'd like to pose the question to our guests. You know, what advice might you have for business leaders who find themselves working in organizations where the leadership DNA or culture does not support partnership vision building or collective goal setting. And Dr. White, I'll ask you if you would speak to that issue first. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, I think that that is a difficult situation for one to find themselves in, but probably not an uncommon one. Um, culture and um, DNA are those types of things that remain within an organization. And so that leadership DNA, which very often um, is the residue, one might say, that, that remains when the new leadership comes in are the cultural norms that are in place. And when there's not the alignment, then being conscious about shifting the culture becomes important for the um, leader to to not put aside because sometimes we may think that all I need to do is get strategy in place and this, and move forward with my strategies and it will bring alignment and it doesn't necessarily uh, do so. So um, being as thoughtful about the culture as we are about the strategy becomes real important with regards to saying well, how does the culture need to be in order for it to support what it is we need to do. And as we're thinking about envisioning those elements of that culture and going through the same process, um, Gerald, that we talked about previously as relates to um, if we're wanting to create an environment where there's partnership in building the vision, then creating a culture that supports that in happening, you know, so always kind of going back to listening and observing being that first um, step and sharpening our vision 
on, you know, what do we want to see so that we, as Karen indicated, model it. Mm-hmm. And then if we're going to shift the culture to support that which we want to see, then I have to think about, um, you know, the willingness that I have to invest the resources, the time, and the energy in perhaps the staff development that allows people to develop the competence and the confidence to do that which it is I want to see more of within that organizational culture, and then make sure those things that align expectations, such as, you know, the performance evaluations and other goals and performance objectives that get delineated, that they also link to the vision that we have of this new culture. And lastly, I'd say people do that which there is some type of benefit to doing. So making sure that those things that I want to see become a greater part of the culture, there's also an expression of appreciation and some type of benefit linked to the desired norms and values and behaviors in this culture that I want to create um, so that we can move forward as that leader is um, desiring of and, and, you know, has been maybe uh, charged to do. Right, right. Uh, Mr. Jackson, uh, you shared in a previous conversation a concept that uh, uh, was interesting to me, and it was really creating pockets of excellence inside of organizations. Uh, do you mind, ex- if you if you would, to expound on that point and, and how it relates to uh, the, the whole notion of when, in fact, systems don't necessarily share the same overarching view around vision and values and, and excellence. Yeah, I, I think leaders will find a way. I, I think it's in their DNA to find a way and to become what they desire. So um, they'll, they'll take uh, they'll step out on this. And what I've seen uh, happen, and I think Karen's. Uh, Cheryl was absolutely right. I think it is more of the norm, and it's a very difficult uh, position to be in. But, you know, when we go back and we talked about vision building, and you talk about two parts of the vision, one being your core ideology, you know, your values, your guiding principles and tenets, your reason for existence, and the envisioned future. Um, The core ideology, you wouldn't expect to change um, as often. So I think you can implement an ideology and maintain that um, for a large degree, even if things around you um, don't line up perfectly. Uh, As long as you're along the lines of goodness and you're safely aligned with the corporate uh, direction, I think you can, you can go, you can make some some inroads uh, with regard to your ideology. With regard to your envisioned future, your strategies for how to get there, you have to be prepared to change them all the time. And that becomes pretty difficult for the staff uh, because change is something that people just innately aren't, uh, aren't, um, so aren't ready for. So once you can find a way to develop those strategies, uh, make adjustments to those strategies when needed, communicate the reasons why. Uh, I think you can make some progress on this, but if you're a leader, you have a responsibility to try and move that organization as far along as you can, even considering the challenges that may be in front of you and around you. 
That notion of yeah, pockets I, I think of like excellence to, to is really a powerful concept. Is that you okay. know, and as you said, leaders will find a way to bring out greatness because it is in their DNA. So even if you're a leader of an operating unit within a larger organization, you are able to create pockets of excellence based on the core ideologies and strategies that you put forward with your operating unit. Uh, very good stuff, guys. Very good stuff. Patrick, may I weigh in on this a bit? Um, because I, I want to, you know, also talk about some of the, I guess I call it some of the underbelly stuff that I think that leaders also okay. need to pay attention to and to move to try to, if they're dealing with, when they're dealing with that culture, that, you know, they have pockets, but there's, you know, what is it that's going on in, inside the culture, making sure that it's not being driven uh, you know, by fear that Peter, people are, are motivated, that the communication is good, that they're not just focused on, uh, on, on short-term results, um, and, and that they're um, not, it's, it's more than just being resistant to change. I think sometimes uh, the incentive to change, um, organizations often have an immunity to change, uh, they want to change, but the incentives are the old incentives and hold them in the same place and space. And, and I think that the leader has to not only do the things we've talked about around articulating that new vision and, uh, it, you know, so that you have something that pulls people toward it. They also have to um, treat some of those sort of other things that may be going on inside the organization and change those other aspects of the culture so that people are motivated to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. I agree. The, the um, thought of, you know, uh, being able to motivate and inspire individuals to move in that direction brings me to a question I'd like to ask you, uh, guest, is, you know, how does an effective leader create uh, and sustain an inspiring work environment that continuously produces high performance and successful achievement. Um, Dr. White, would you like to speak to that issue first, and then we will uh, move to our other guest. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, the word that stands out in that for me is inspiring. So how does that effective leader, I think you said, create and sustain an inspiring um, work environment, inspiration um, typically comes from being future-focused, and, and so when one is inspired, then one would think that the, the leader has put forth a vision that others can see themselves in, and they've put mm-hmm. forth a vision that kind of goes back to what Mr. Jackson was talking about, that communicates the why this is important. And it's in the container of this inspirational message that is meaningful that moves people very often if the leader is also um, conducting themselves in a way that Mr. Jackson talked about with regards to the goodness. And we know goodness is that which, if I play the tape to the end, there's a benefit to humanity. There's a benefit to the organization and those that we're serving. So if the leader is moving forward in that way and they are are speaking about the vision in a way that's connecting others to it that says this is the meaning, then it's the commitment very often that will drive the um, 
behaviors that produces that higher performance in the achievement of success. Very, very good. Now, key and operative word, as you said, is inspiring. The other really important and operative uh, term is how do you sustain inspiring environments? And so, Mr. Jackson, I'm going to ask you if you would speak to that, that issue um, of how do you sustain inspiring environments? A couple of things here that um, I've seen work and as well read about working in other places. Um, I think Karen uh, got this a little while ago, a safe environment. So first, creating a safe environment to operate both physically and emotionally. So if that's in place, um, I think that that's extremely important for continuity of the type of um, behavior and interactions you want to see on a daily basis. I think recognition and reward become extremely important when you talk about sustaining um, sustaining the inspiration or the, the high performance of an organization. And, you know, what we've done traditionally in the past is we recognize and reward advancement. But I think there's a fast-coming need to start looking at uh, recognizing and rewarding achievement. Mr. Jackson, um, uh, I, that is a very powerful point, and I really want to come back to that. Can you hold that thought for just a minute? Uh, we're going to need to take a short break. Uh, when we sure. return, Dr. Trader Lay, uh, Mr. Jackson, and Dr. White will talk with us more about the issue of sustaining an inspiring environment, as well as we begin to broach the topic of how can today's baby boomers in leadership roles work more effectively with millennials. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Gerald McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego. For those of you who may have just joined us, our special guests today are Dr. Karen Trader-Lay, CEO of KTA Global Partners from the Washington, D.C. area, Mr. Brandon Jackson, Vice President, Information and Technologies with the College Board from the Reston, Virginia area, and Dr. Cheryl White, Vice President of Training and Organizational Development with the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego. Just prior to the break, we were exploring the concept of how to create and sustain an inspiring work environment. And, Mr. Jackson, you were starting to talk a bit about uh, the concept of achievements and rewards. Would you pick up on that and, and, and explain that further, please? Yeah, again, what, what I'm starting to see and what I've been challenged with as well is um, value coming from all parts of the organization as knowledge workers are giving our empowered to do more. Uh, they're actually having a larger impact and influence on the organization with regard to value and benefit, but yet the recognition and reward systems aren't aligned or haven't been modified to reward properly that value. So um, I think that's something that we're going to have to step back and take, and take a look at. It's probably an initiative definitely coming forward as the millennials enter the workplace as, as well. Uh, but the old model of pushing people toward management and then the Peter principle kicking in and all of a sudden a, someone who was fast-tracking has completely stalled uh, doesn't benefit the individual or the organization. Okay, okay. Uh, Dr. Trader-Lay, do uh, you have some thoughts in regard to this concept of sustaining, inspiring work environments? Yes, um, uh, and part of it has to do with some of the things that have been said, but um, just some of the kinds of things that the leaders need to be attentive to, um, you know, their uh, ability to sort of to really deeply listen to people and their ideas, uh, that they're responsive to maintaining and supporting a very inclusive environment and that they, they model that and people see that. Um, that they are mentoring and coaching, that they're accessible. Um, I think uh, all of those things, um, and, and I absolutely agree with this notion uh, of, of changing the incentive systems. Um, you know, how do, you in, how do we do a better job of incenting teams and not just individual performance when so many different knowledges from so many sources come together to produce new things? So I think that we also... Um, need to to uh, pay attention um, 
uh, to to that. Uh, and I think you know um, Brandon had a heart, had had men- mentioned that. So those would be some things that 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 uh, to support sustainability um, and and helping to move the organization go forward. Very good. It's been mentioned a couple of times. Rewards. Uh, can you speak on the issue? What are we talking about when we talk about rewards? Are we talking about financial uh, compensation, or are there other reward uh, systems that you've used or seen in place that really provide a, a powerful impetus for really uh, continued high performance and achievement besides the, the dollar um, compensation issue? Well, uh, go ahead. Okay. I, I'd say there's a – so the term reward um, – is incentivizing. So, because we know that an organization's culture over a period of time becomes the sum total of what's being modeled, supported, and rewarded. And that rewarded mm-hmm. simply means behavior that there is a benefit to. If I am not uh, incentivizing the things that I want to have incentivized, then the things that I don't want to have happen could be happening. Are there um, incentives that aren't necessarily monetary incentives? Absolutely. I mean, there could be, you know, there's a variety of things that one could do. One could be just putting together, we have a system here. Um, one of the things that we wanted to shift our culture around was customer service. So we put together a customer service initiative that we first began with defining what is customer service. That's and for us, it was consistently delivering exceptional service that demonstrates I care and builds a positive reputation and support for the organization. And the I care was integrity, courtesy, attentiveness, responsiveness, and excellence. And we said excellence requires compassion. So as a, as a um, part of that, the you know, support piece was obviously providing some of the alignment with the performance evaluations as well as the training. We established an iCare Academy. But the incentive piece became um, if you saw somebody else that um, demonstrated service excellence, then you could send an email to our service excellence um, email box, and um, that person and you would be go on our service excellence wall for acknowledging um, taking the time to say thank you to the person who performed the service excellence, but also we thank um, both of you by putting you on our wall of excellence at our all-staff meeting, anyone on the wall of excellence, or everyone on the wall of excellence would actually be asked to stand and we would acknowledge them. Um, that linked also into a monetary um, system where where each of those individuals had tickets that were deposited into a drawing based on their service excellence shout-outs, and we spun a wheel. We said, it's now it's time for a wheel of excellence. And 12 people out of hundreds would get to come on stage and spin a wheel. And from the spinning of the wheel, they would receive whatever that item was. So it could be lunch with the CEO or it could be a paraphernalia, some type of, of jacket, or it might be um, ha- and, you know, some discretionary leave time or other things that we discovered through our employee engagement committee with regards to what would, what would employees view as being um, an incentive for them. An Sometimes it could just simply be going to, them and they to go to a conference. Great. You know. 
Mm-hmm. Great, great. I, I, I know we probably have a couple of other thoughts on it, but I do want to shift the, the discussion a little bit, so I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here and, and, and move to a topic that I think is really important uh, for our listening audience, and that is you know, today's work environment seems to be a dynamic blend of cultures from two time periods, the, the baby boomer generation and the millennial generation. A key question is, how can today's baby boomers in leadership roles work more effectively with millennials? Um, what I'd like to ask, and I'd like to ask this question of you, Dr. Trader Lay, first, is what does the next generation of leaders coming into the workforce uh, today, what do they look like? And um, mm-hmm. what, if mm-hmm. any, difference is there about them and the way in which they get work done? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that's a, 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 a really great question for us to focus on. And, and I also want to say that I think when we talk about this uh, nexus between millennials and, and boomers that I sometimes would like to see us focus more on the strengths that they both bring and the synergies that they have the potential to have because I think we focus so much uh, often on uh, what the, the, the differences are in a, in a negative way as opposed to the, as le- the leverage points. Uh, the fact that um, millennials come with all of this energy and, and they're creative and they're, uh, they want to make a contribution, uh, and, and, uh, they, they're action oriented. They work, they can work anywhere, anytime, any place. Uh, the, you know, that, that, that they have that intuitive understanding of technology, um, and, uh, and, and they're learning. And the, and the boomers are bringing all of this rich experience in. They understand what works and, um, you know they've they've they uh, have a, a lot of insight and and so that 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 mentoring process could be reciprocal and 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 those and they they um, we need to look at how we bring those synergies uh, together um, as opposed to just focusing on uh, the weaknesses or what's annoying from one generation to the next. Um, I think we should be focused more on how we get these. To, to make great teams together um, and not just focusing on um, the, the, how distinctly different that they are. Uh, so I, I tend to think that, um, that uh, capitalizing on, on that um, would, would be a benefit to the organization. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, glass half full. Glass half empty concept there, <laughs> uh, Mr. Jackson. Do you have something uh, that you'd like to kind of add to that 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 thought in terms of what, if anything, is different about the the way in which the um, millennials work and how they get work done? Well, I'll tie this back to where we opened up at. Where we go back to vision, and again, I'll, you know, we talked. I, I talked about it having two parts: an ideology and an vision future. Uh, I think your envisioned future has to consider strategies to adopt and integrate both capabilities and talent. I, I think it absolutely has to have that. And whether you do that through acquisitions or internal development, you have to account for how your culture will be impacted and how to do it in a way that benefits your organizations. I think we've been, in some ways, dealing with this uh, in some form or fashion for a lot of 
for a lot of years. There was a segregated workforce for many years. There was, you know, women uh, uh, starting to move up the chain and the removal of the glass ceiling for women, although not quite le- not quite uh, removed yet. So I think in many ways we've been we've been dealing with this. But this generation is larger than any generation that we've had before, and the future is approaching so much faster than it has before that I think the urgency that we've put on this in the past uh, is not enough. This needs to become a more urgent strategy, I think, for every organization uh, going forward. Um, I I don't have the the secret sauce to know exactly how it it works. it produces the perfect outcome, but as Karen was saying, there is some alignment of synergies between what the baby boomers, the Gen X, and the millennials all bring to the table. We just have to find a way to to cook with it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We're going to need to take a short break. Uh, when we return, Dr. Trader Lay, Mr. Jackson, and Dr. White will talk with us a little bit more about the, the relationship and synergy that can be built from the experience of boomers and the energy and insight and intuitiveness of millennials. And then we'll look at maybe some of the three top points we want to take away from this discussion. Uh, So please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Gerald McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from San Diego, California. I have joined with me some very special guests today, Dr. Karen Trader-Lye, the CEO from KTA Global Partners, uh, Mr. Brandon Jackson, Vice President of Information and Technologies with the College Board, and Dr. Cheryl White, Vice President of Training and Organizational Development with Neighborhood House Association. We were, uh, as we ended the last segment, talking a little bit about really how do we uh, harness the effectiveness of really the uh, two cultures that are evolving, and that being the baby boomer population, which is, you know, kind of in many roles of leadership in the workforce today, and this newly evolving developing, fastly developing workforce of, of young millennials, uh, I wanted to put into that discussion the whole notion of really the ethnic diversity along with the youthfulness of this workforce and how do we harness those to create the most productive work environment, both the challenges and the opportunities that are, result from a young and ethnically diverse workforce. Uh, and so, uh, Dr. Trader Lay, I'd like to open that question up with you, and uh, if you would speak to that, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Uh, so that's, um, I think it's an exciting challenge, a very exciting challenge, and I think there are still some traditional um, issues and barriers that continue to need to be managed and paid attention to. Uh, what's exciting about it is, uh, is in an environment where it demands innovation and in all of the kinds of things we've talked about leading in these new cultures, well, bringing that diverse workforce together can create the new ways of thinking and seeing the world from so many different vantage points um, and bringing different synergies and perspectives together that make us competitiveness, uh, that, that fuel our competitiveness and, 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 can, and can fuel our innovation. Uh, and yet that's challenged by um, still issues around helping people to work together um, by looking at old views uh, that, of, of otherness uh, and not being as inclusive as we could be, by having unconscious un- uh, awareness around biases that, uh, that might get in the way of having a highly inclusive culture. So that work needs to be done, and there needs to be the ability to recognize um, those challenges in, in, as a part of culture creation. And, you know, some of the younger generations that are the diverse populations, uh, there may still be experiences and mentoring and insights that they need to have, and we need to make sure that they get that. 
because mm-hmm. if we don't do that, and that is the population of the future, then the nation is going to suffer because we as a nation will not be able to be competitive. So I think that this is a compelling, critical issue to bring this new workforce uh, up to speed and and support them in being productive and 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 uh, allow them to lead and and bring their gifts to us. Right. Dr. White, uh, would you have some additional thoughts on that, uh, that that matter as well? Well, you know, I will underscore what Karen said with regards to creating that space of inclusion. I think that being able to work effectively across and with differences, that um, skill set and being able to facilitate that um, so that an understanding gets developed of the perspectives, an appreciation gets developed of the differences, and a valuing of how to leverage those um, differences and abilities and, and uh, perspectives really create a space for healthy negotiation where, where there's um, positive relationships that support in that listening, discovering what are the values, um, what does each person need and desire, what do they want to add to or contribute, so that then we are able to negotiate some win-wins uh, for the individuals as well as the organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The interesting element that we talked about uh, previously is a concept of, you know, ability to really harness the positive deviance that sometimes results from new ideas and different ways of doing things that young people may bring to the workforce. How do you really harness that that without derailing their enthusiasm so that they don't feel left out or basically they opt out in the work environment? Mr. Jackson, would you speak to that issue of, you know, how do we harness this, this positive deviance from these new ideas and disruptive thinking that sometimes occur without, again, uh, taking away the enthusiasm of young people? Well, I, I love the word positive deviance, and I, I think it's a positive culture element. I think you have to have it inside of your culture. You have to have it uh, inside of your leadership um, team as well. Uh, if you embrace it today, then I would probably double down on it. Uh, you, you, you're probably not <laughs> doing enough. Again, the, the future is just things are changing so fast, and, mm-hmm. you know, in my eyes, faster than they ever have than they ever have before. So, you know, you need all new ideas on the table. Um, a simple strategy that I've seen practice was just simply at the end of meetings, uh, you ask the question, what if? There was time left in the meetings to ask the question, what if? And then you went around the room and you extended the concept that you had just been working on by a series of what if scenarios. And some of those scenarios have produced very powerful movements inside of uh, the organizations. And if you make a commitment to invest in, you know, 20% of the what-ifs that are put up on the table, um, I think that's one way that the positive deviance would be seen as value mm-hmm. and benefit mm-hmm. to the organization. 
Fantastic, fantastic. I know we're running close to the end of our show, but one of the things that is important to me with all this richness of dialogue that we have shared during the course of this past hour, that if I could ask each of you to just step back for a second and basically share uh, with our listening audience one idea that you feel a key point that you would like to highlight that you feel would be particularly helpful to our, our listening audience based on the topics that we've covered today. And I'd like to start with you, if I could, Dr. Trader Lay. Ooh, <laughs> I didn't have that thought together yet. <laughs> well, I'll come uh, back. Does see. anybody have that thought? Because we've covered a lot, everything from transformation. We have, we have. Um, I, I like the focus that we've had on culture and the fact that things are changing so much that we we need to be very attentive to culture so that it is it is it is uh, it, it is agile. It's flexible. It's designed for flexibility to change. Um, and so um, I, I would say being focused and developing a culture that, that is change flexible. The, the one key point that you would like to make sure that our listening audience walks away with today based on the topics that we've covered in our conversation. Well, I'll put a macro level one out there, and that's um, – to create continuous learning throughout your organization and department. Um, I, I think at the highest level, uh, it covers culture, which I think is extremely uh, important. Um, but I think for the leaders inside of the organization as well as the culture itself, it needs to be one that empowers uh, learning um, throughout the organization. Fantastic. I'm going to have to let that be the last word uh, to uh, my guest. I want to thank you, Dr. White, uh, Mr. Jackson, Dr. Trader Lay, for joining me on today's show and sharing your expertise. And I want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.